The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Mr. Spock? The intermix chamber and containment field are stable. I'll get to the war core and assess its state when I'm able. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and anything else we feel like talking about now that we're back in the saddle. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosano. On this week's show, we have some tech, we do have some pop culture, uh, and some exciting new things to talk about, but I believe you you wanted to kick us off here with uh, some thoughts on the um, Federation of Planets. TV is back, right? Yes, the, yes. The, the strike the, is the over, strikes, Yay. The strikes are over, so now I can like immerse myself in televised entertainment. Were you abstaining for fear that you would run out of material if the strike went on forever? Pretty much. I was abstaining. I was stretching it out. I was pacing myself. Um, and, you know, And it was almost like we were on strike here, too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> in solidarity, basically. I just had a lot of work, folks. That's why we haven't been on for Your a while. Your to-do list got very long all of a sudden. It did. It very much did. But anyway, Strange New Worlds. Okay. We know Star Trek came back, the Paramount Plus Network and all that stuff. Discovery. I love Discovery, but come on, let's be honest. Discovery's not a fun show. It, it's a heavy, deep thought show. It is. It's deep. It's dramatic. Yeah, there's, they're solving like galactic problems over multiple, you know, timelines. In Discovery, there was never that goofy episode. You know, like mm-hmm. you would go like five episodes, then there'd be one completely goofy episode. Yeah, you get like a Tribble or something. A Tribble or a Sherlock Holmes in the holodeck, you know, something goofy like that. Discovery doesn't do goofy. But you know yeah. what does do goofy and dramatic and action is Strange New Worlds. They do it all and, and musicals too. And musicals too. I love Strange New Worlds. Because I'm an old school Star Trek fan, Mm -hmm. and it is the closest thing to getting that whole original series vibe. Even down to the wardrobe. Anson Mount is perfect. Mm -hmm. Rebecca Romaine, perfect. The whole, everybody's perfect. Everybody's just perfectly cast on that show. Yeah, and they have great chemistry. It also has... um... That, that nice 60s vibe without a lot of the cultural baggage. Yes. The things that would, you know, get by in the 60s with Kirk Womanizer and whatever. You know, they, they maintain the fun and the adventure and the spirit. But it's not as, as sexist and misogynistic as, as some of the other old episodes were. It isn't at all. And you know what? Uhura's actually got a story. Mm-hmm. She's got a backstory. Yeah. Wow. And she's got a, a beautiful Broadway belt, too. I don't know yes. if, you've, if you've seen the musical <laughs> episode yet, but... Uhura's got pipes. I went back. I saw the first episode of the second season, and then I went back and rewatched the entire first season again. And the fact that they've made the Gorn terrifying is just amazing to me. The Gorn. I know. I mean, the, the original did not they not remind you of like a green version of the Tyrannosaurus Rex costume yes. that you see people like doing boat races in? I mean, come on, that that just that fight scene in the desert with the guy in that plastic suit you know you can't wipe that from your memory once you see it but they've 
successfully made them scary. Well, they, they, I think they, they took a little, you know, Ripley and Alien uh, magic yeah, in here. and Predator, and, and, too. They, they got a little Predator action yeah, in there. Yes, spun that up, and, you know, now it's scary. But let me tell you, I mean, everything about the show is great. Every, and that, again, that's not saying that I don't love Discovery. I love it in a different way. I liked Picard. It wasn't my favorite. I thought it was totally fan service. Well, that's the third fun. season. Yeah, the third season, especially. But Upper Decks, or what is it? Not Upper Decks, Lower Decks. Lower Decks, yeah. I'm kind of like, yeah, you know what I mean? I understand what they're trying to go for, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Strange New Worlds gets it right. Even the guy who plays James Kirk, there's something about the guy that I like. I mean, you look at the guy and you're like, that's not Kirk. But then you start like, okay, I could see how he could be Kirk. Yeah, yeah, you know? he, he's he's got the sort of Kirk vibe without really yes. having the the voice mannerisms and or the look or the right. spare tire that Shatner had to, later on. And I just love that wall of hair that Anson Bell. Mm-hmm. That like is that a serious bullfight. updo. Yeah. Yes, like man, how do you keep that standing, dude? I think that's some serious space Aquanet there. He's got some serious pomade, space pomade on that mm-hmm. man. Wow. But listen, folks, if you haven't seen Strange New Worlds, see it. It's a lot of fun, especially if you're a Star Trek fan of the original series. You're going to like this thing. You're going to like it. It's it's respectful. It's fun. It's action-packed. You've got scary bad guys. you got Romulans. you got everybody's in there. Yeah, there's some good Easter eggs, too. So Yeah, and who doesn't love Easter eggs? I want an Easter egg. Come on. All right. So, well, I, I hope you, you ration out the rest of your episodes since they, they were the writers and the actors were on strike for, for several months. So I don't know how that has delayed production cycles. I think Discovery is back early next right. year and Picard was done. So yeah, Picard's done. I don't know how long, you know, Strange New Worlds, is that going to be next fall? If that's going to be the year, you know, oh, change? I'm not, who, I'm not parsing anything. I can't. I have no self-control, J.D. I have none. I'm just going to watch the thing. And then, like, get that sad, lonely feeling when you finish these series. You know, like, oh, man, what am I going to do now? And then you got to watch it again, aren't you? Then you got to watch it again. See, that's the beauty. But I'm not going to watch it on Paramount. I'm actually doing something that I very rarely do nowadays, is I'm actually buying the 4K discs. Okay? Whoa, you are going to physical media. I am going to physical media. That is my stamp of approval. When I buy something on physical media, that means... It's going to be in rotation. There's only very few things that I buy nowadays because of streaming and all that stuff. But when I buy it, it gets the full treatment, surround sound, the whole nine yards. And as it turns out, my receiver just died. All right. Well, you got to get a new one now. I might actually invest in an Atmos. Ooh. Atmos. Hang stuff from the ceilings, which Mrs. Kaiser will really like. Yeah, she's going to like, dear, what are these new mobiles yeah, up there? exactly. Yeah. What is that doing on the ceiling? Yeah, she's probably not going to like that. So, yeah, at some point, I'll be talking about receivers down the road. Well, and also, you're, you're giving the show the highest respect a New Yorker can give because you are allowing physical space in your yes. apartment for oh, yeah. a, a disc of, right. of uh, all these shows. That is right. And I don't got a lot of space, folks. So, you know, that is a, a high honor. That it's getting shelf space. Anyway. 
Well, let me know when your Blu-rays get there and when you get all of the Dolby speakers hung up and mounted on the wall and, and take pictures so we can put them on the I show page. I certainly will. I certainly will. I certainly will. But were there, was there news? There had to be news. We've been there gone for a couple of weeks. There was a lot of, of news. Already. I mean, we missed a few things. We missed Apple's scary fast event uh, where they introduced uh, the, their their new chips and faster computers. We saw the, the Android 14. Yawn. Lots of new features, big AI, lots of accessibility tools, standard stuff that always happens in the fall. But one of the things that, that caught my eye that came out recently, yeah, and this also made me think of, of uh, Star Trek, specifically the next generation as opposed mm-hmm. to the original series, is that, that people are looking for the thing that's going to replace the smartphone. Like what is yes. going to be the gadget that everyone just uses all the time and becomes the must-have appliance to to get you communicating, to get you around, to to run your life. And there is this five-year-old artificial intelligence startup. It was founded by two former Apple people, but they are announcing, I think, uh, well, they just announced it, but they're putting it on sale this week, this new product. And what it is, is a $700 lapel pin that's powered by artificial intelligence. Kind of made me think of the communicator uh, on the the next generation uh, because it does have... Do you tap it? You got to tap uh, it. I, I believe you do. I think there are some time you can do some hand gestures to activate it too, because it's got sensors. It's got a laser display. You can make calls. It's got its own phone number, so you don't have to be tethered to a smartphone to use it. It, it doesn't have the cool Delta shape like a Star Trek pin. Yeah. It's a yeah. little boxy, uh, and, and I'll put a couple of stories on the show page so people can see what it looks like. But basically, it's the $700 lapel pin that is intended to replace your smartphone. You can send texts, look up information. That's all. Most of it is voice control. But if you need to see text information, it's got this laser projector. And so you hold your palm out and it beams the text onto the palm of your hand. So you can read like if you're looking up a phone number, if you're looking up something, it's right there on the palm of your hand. And then it, it zips off when you're done with it. So very high tech, very thinking outside the box. Like we're not going to a rectangle of glass that we keep in our pocket. It's not some sort of goggle or eyeglass that we're wearing on our face. It's it's a a nice little piece of of very expensive, uh, very functional jewelry, but it's got a built-in speaker and camera. The lights flash when those functions are on so people can know if you're recording them because you know privacy. You can uh, double tap the pin and it'll start a video or take a photo. And you can find all this stuff once you take it because it doesn't have a screen. You go and you look on on the website for the company to see the video, the photo that you took. Mm-hmm. So it basically is beaming all that back to the cloud. It can send and receive texts and this translation that only does English to Spanish now, I guess. And I don't know the quality of the translation, uh, which, as you know, can vary uh, with AI. But they're they're making a run towards a, a, a some kind of, of uh, translator here that is always with you. Universal Translate? Not quite universal, but, you know, it's first generation product. It's 700 bucks. What happens if it pops off your shirt and falls into the street or into the toilet? Those are always my concerns. Um, <laughs> and uh, but but they've got a, the company had a lot of financing. And uh, I think Microsoft uh, threw in some money for this. Some of the AI companies and they're they're going for it. It's going to have a, a twenty four dollar uh, monthly data subscription. Uh, I guess T-Mobile uh, is the provider of that. And again, it will have the separate phone number. So you don't have to have your phone connected to it at any time, uh, like we had to do in the early days of the Apple Watch, where it needed to be uh, tethered to the phone. So I thought, well, this is interesting. I don't know if it's going to fly or crash in terms of a product, but the fact that it wasn't something that you stuck on your face is, okay, well, this is a different thing. And 
I don't know anything about how heavy it is or will it match your outfit? You know, the fashion concerns. But the thing, though, is we've become addicted to the screens, though. You know? Yeah. And that that's going to be a high hurdle to jump, to break that addiction. That's what it seems like this thing wants to do. Yeah. The, well, the, the New York Times did a, a story on the thing, and I think the developers and the interface designers were specifically looking for ways to get our eyeballs off screens. Uh, I got you. So the, the company that's making the pin is called Humane. And uh, for those who are intrigued by it, I think they are rolling this out on the 16th of November. So if you are interested, just want to take a look. We'll also have some some background information on the show page. But for me, this is one of the products that actually made me stop and immediately think, hmm, you know, we both poo-pooed the watch. We, we, right. we made fun of Google Glass for years. So this one was like, yeah, this could be a dud, but it's something different. Somebody's thinking differently here. Yes, I like that. I like that. I myself probably would not get it. Would, would you well, get you it if what? it was cheaper? I might. Because if it does just the specifics of what I needed to do, you know, check messages, maybe snap a picture every once in a while, but not for 700 bucks. 200 maybe. Yeah. You know what? Maybe 300. Yeah. But 700 bucks, I'm not sure about that. I mean, if they can bring the price down a little bit, maybe, but it seems to me like they're trying to sell it as a luxury item, sort of like an Apple type thing where, you know. And so a lot of things design. do start out before they get mass enough and then, then price comes down and more people could get them and, and all of that. But uh, it'll, it'll, I'm going to keep an eye on it. I like the idea. I, li- I definitely like the idea. Yeah. And I don't think the camera is going to be in a 48 megapixel no. you know, with a telephoto lens. I think it's probably yeah. going to be like the camera we had in our first smartphones, but Correct. it's it's a, it's a lapel camera. So that was the, one of the things that caught my eyes in the news. We mentioned Apple had released a bunch of, you know, the M3 chips and things. And I don't know if that yeah. impacted your laptop buying decisions or whatever, but. Well, yeah, no, 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 no laptop. Well, actually, yeah, I'm probably going to have to buy a laptop and some type of desktop, uh, the studio, I guess. And mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm undecided whether or not I go for the, like the M2 or whatever. I, I just, it's just too much. It's starting to get annoying. Yeah, so, so many products coming at you. Well, remember when they released iOS 17 and everyone was, uh, and then a update came out immediately, and then some of the features that they had promised in it are still not out. I think the, right. the journaling app is coming out in 17.2 because they had made all these promises at WWDC about what was going to be in it, and then when it came time to the ship dates, things weren't done, so they right. put out the product the way it was. Some of it was just missing features. Some of it was like, ooh, big giant holes. So they had to patch, I think, two or three dot updates to, to fill At up least, some holes yeah. there. They're up to 17.12, I think, right? Yeah, it, it's they, they keep adding up. And so the, the, the brass at Apple, I think, noticed that, that perhaps the customers were not feeling totally confident in Apple's ability to ship software that was actually completed. Uh, so, so Apple has uh, made an announcement. Uh, the head of software engineering, uh, Craig Federici, you know, the guy with the good hair who always mm-hmm. does the... Apple software talks said that uh, the company is going to grab the reins a little bit and freeze development work on future updates while they make sure that iOS 18 is solid. So they're taking their foot off the gas a little bit and iOS 18, not due till next year, still like we don't even know that much about it because they haven't had the worldwide developers conference. But I think Apple is feeling some heat because Google is just shooting way ahead on the AI stuff in their software. 
And even if you compare like the Maps apps, you know, Apple Maps has gotten better than the days when it would tell you to turn left in the tunnel. But Google has just gone all out and they've got these immersive view things now and they are totally just pouring AI into everything for better or worse, to, to make their software more helpful. And I think Apple's turn to do some of that was coming up in iOS 18, but you don't want to screw up the AI. And I think they also want to make sure, and this is a report from Mark Gurman, who gets all those scoops for Bloomberg, right. but apparently the uh, iPhone 16 is not going to be super fabulous with lots of new features. It'll just be a very standard upgrade as of now. So you have to make sure that the- You mean the hardware? Yeah, yeah, the hardware. Yeah, the iPhone is not going to, to be, you know, super bells and whistly. So they got to make sure the software shines to compel people to get it and, and have their, their maximum enjoyment there. So, but can so, I ask so you a question? Sure. Why does Apple, I mean, obviously you can't answer this, but it's like one of the, it's just bothering me. Why does Apple insist on updating their OSs every year? It's not necessary. You're telling me they can't wait an extra year to put out 18? It's insane. Didn't they used to take like years between? Yes, they took two or three years at least. Yeah, between like OS 7, OS 8. Of course, we're dating ourselves, but. I, I don't understand what the need is to try to update every single year. And then you put out half-assed updates like they've done this year. And last time for iOS 16, it was the same deal. I mean, it just makes no sense to me. I'm guessing part of it is just trying to keep up with the technology, like the aforementioned AI, augmented reality, that sort of stuff. And if Google is shooting ahead down the road, maybe they're feeling, oh, we got to keep up. We got to do our own update and 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 to take advantage if, if they're pumping out the new hardware because they need to make money and you want software that can leverage all of the power on these new processors and whatever camera upgrades or special sensors they put in the new iPhone. I could see why that would force them to, to keep the software trying to, to get caught up with hardware. But but to your point, yes, yeah, like, do you really need to do that? If it, maybe Just do once every other year and make sure it doesn't stink when you release it. On all of them, on iOS, on iPadOS, on macOS, just get it right. I guess we're, we're not high-power software developers. Maybe maybe we're missing some secret information I'm, Apparently here. we are. Apparently yeah. we are. If someone could explain it to us or explain it to me, like a five-year-old, I'd appreciate it because from a logic point of view, it makes no sense. You're rushing out bad applications to meet some sort of deadline that doesn't really exist. Nobody's out there screaming for you. Listen, 11 months, pal. I need my iOS. What's going on? Mm-hmm. I don't I see need those new features. There. Yeah, exactly. Give me them new features. What? No, there's nobody out there screaming this. So anyway. Yeah, we're just screaming for features that work. But uh, anyway, so so that that's uh, Apple's, you know, slowing things down a little bit. But moving on, Threads, which neither one of us has joined, uh, to Threads. my knowledge. I know we're, we're on Blue Sky, thanks to some, some kind souls. But Threads had that big peak, and then everyone thought, oh, it's going to really kill uh, Twitter X or X Twitter, whatever. Yeah, we're going to call that the whatever. bird theme, the dead bird microblogging service. But Threads users are saying they're showing the ability to opt out of having their posts show up on Instagram and Facebook, which I think was a beef for some people because they wanted to just have one service where they could could be themselves on this type of service, but then on Instagram, you want to be somebody else. And on Facebook, maybe that's the, the page you share with your grandma and you don't want to be sharing your profanity or whatever <laughs> with there. And, and they, there was some some annoyance that uh, everything was getting pulled into this one big giant meta bucket and then uh, posted everywhere. So so people are saying they're, they're seeing you can you now have uh, in some 
places where it's rolled out. There's a setting that will let you go into privacy and uh, switch off posting to those other platforms. So maybe they're making these little incremental things to try to get more audience. I know uh, Twitter just passed its first year when Elon Musk bought it. Of course, we must call it X now. The uh, the, the cesspool formerly known as Twitter. There we go. That's what I'm going to call it. I saw a report early October, uh, right on the anniversary, that they'd only apparently lost 15% of users. And I don't know if that is in bots or real people or what type of users these were, but the ads were down 54%. And this is a month and a half ago, so so things have even probably changed more. But uh, he, he still insists that everything's going well. And I think there were some plans to like charge people in certain countries for, for retweeting or something. I'd I don't even know what to believe coming out of that anymore because I have quit the platform and occasionally you get a news update that something uh, massively unbelievable has, has happened there. But I'm like, yeah, you you go do you, X, whatever we want to call you. Do you Twitter, like formerly known as Twitter crap? I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe that, that what is 15%? Yeah. I don't necessarily believe that. Yeah, that, that, that seems... Under, from the people I know who have quit, that seems a little underreported. But There's then again, a lot of people that I know have quit. It is a a, a large platform worldwide, but uh, but but Threads is is plowing forward. It says it's listening to feedback. It's testing new things. It's trying to be more like the the old fashioned bird service to lure people over there and, and get away from the current situation of the the platform uh, that Mr. Musk purchased. So I got to be honest with you, it's been really nice not being on these micro-blogging services. Oh, really? They're just having your analog life where you're not looking at screens and you're computer screens. Maybe you're watching some Star Trek, but, or you're looking and and going outside and seeing things and and like sky and grass and air. I wouldn't go that far. All right. But I have to admit it's been nice. It's been really nice. Less agita. I don't get that low level anxiety you know what I mean? Like, like you, you got that feeling like the world's going to crash and burn. It might still crash and burn, but at least I don't have that low yeah, level Yeah, at least you anxiety. don't have to read about it in 200 right, characters. exactly. And then nobody yelling at me, nobody doxing me, nobody screaming insults, being bigoted. None of that. None All of right, that. So analog has its uh, it advantages. Does. It does. And you know what? I still get my news. I still know what's going on. I haven't mm-hmm. missed a beat. Yeah, you haven't watched people having the same fight they've been having for five years. Exactly. I mean, I love the argument that, oh, well, what are you going to do for news? Maybe go to the websites? Yeah. Accredited news sources? Yeah. Stuff. yeah. Might be, you know, that's all you need is about three or four, maybe four yeah. or five, and you're good. Yeah, and, 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 and TikTok is, is not really one of them. No, TikTok is definitely not one of them. Definitely yeah. not one of them. Anyway, I digressed again. But you, you, you had an important point to bring up about <laughs> I don't know about important. No, life life away from social media, which I think a certain generation of people is kind of like, eh, over it, tired of the drama, moving on. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of moving on, Zelle, one of the cash platforms over your Venmo and and to some degree your PayPal where you can send a lot of trash. This one, uh, Zelle had a lot of deals with major banks like Chase. Before a, a recent little bit of lawmaking here, Zelle would not refund people who got duped into sending money from scams and things, which this is pretty prevalent because it was an easy way. The, the customer had to authorize a transaction, but a lot of times they were being conned like, oh, you owe this money or you need to do this. You need to send me a Zelle payment. 
And it would be hackers who would just be taking their money, and then they would realize that, oh, this is a scam, but they would go to the bank and say, hey, I got scammed. They're like, well, you okay the transaction, it's your fault. So Zelle was not reimbursing people uh, for the money that they got scammed out of. And and this was a problem. You know, the banks were saying that, well, it's it's their you know, their fault for not really being aware of uh, the fact that they were being scammed. Nice. And the really? uh, blame the victim. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, but the, the, but wow. the government had some other ideas, the Federal Consumer Watchdog Agency and uh, some of the lawmakers were like, you know, we, we need a major policy change here. So originally the federal rules made banks reimburse customers for payments made without their authorization, like if you got your card skimmed or something. So remember that thing, like you're not responsible to, to pay this if, it, if indeed it was a fraud or somebody stole right. your card or whatever. Right. So, but they would not reimburse people if the customer authorized a transaction. So that was a problem. People were were getting ripped off. But after a little talk with the lawmaker, Zell said in August 30th that it was introducing a new reimbursement benefit for specific scam types. And so you could see them kind of getting pushed by the mm-hmm. government here. So they are going to start doing this. So this was a story on uh, Reuters and I think a couple of other uh, financial orgs picked it up. And I'm sure it's not every instance. But I think a lot of the cases when it was clearly someone thought that they were actually having to pay money for a service or a fine or some kind of ticket or whatever, and it turned out to be that it was a fraudulent thing, that then they get their money back. So I guess it's going to make the banks, A, probably up their security because they don't want to see all this money going out the door and, and maybe the work with other governments to track down the people who are known for doing these types of scams, particularly yep. offshore outfits. So. So so that was uh, hopeful. We just can't have nice things. We can't have a fully electronic society. No, it just can't happen. Yeah, no, the, the, something comforting about the, the paper money still. Yeah. So, so that's what's going on with Zelle. Now, this is an older story, but it's still having some fallout across the, the digital universe uh, because it's, so many it's people old but are, gold. Old but gold. Because of, of the specifically American interest in genealogy. Uh, I remember about six weeks ago, uh, 23andMe had this data heist or whatever, and they said, oh, it wasn't a break in our databases. Somebody had actually figured out how to scrape information off profiles from people who got their DNA tested because a lot of people want to find out what they're made of. So they get their DNA tested, and some of these uh, services have little family tree functions where you can find out if somebody else using the service matches DNA with you and then maybe you have a relative you didn't know about. So 23andMe was saying it wasn't a breach of our database. Somebody was abusing our relative finding tool and because it makes your information public uh, to these other people, they can go in there and pull out all this data. So Because I think that's a big fear for people. is like, yeah, I want to get my DNA tested, but I don't want to end up in some kind of criminal database or get cloned or whatever. People have all kinds of ideas about what goes on there. But the 23andMe thing was a little chilling because they noticed that the information that had been stolen from the scrape was uh, turning up on the dark web. And they were specifically selling profiles and information about people who had Ashkenazi Jewish heritage or Chinese Two groups that that have been targeted for ethnic violence and whatnot. That's kind of creepy, though, isn't it? Very creepy. Yeah. So so this was causing a ripple across the genealogy landscape. And so Ancestry and MyHeritage also jumped in. And so now a lot of these DNA sites and family tree builders are requiring two-factor authentication, which they did not before because there's a lot of worry now. There's privacy implications here. I don't know what you would do with somebody's DNA profile. 
especially if it's anonymized or, or I don't know how much detail they got with this, but even if the email address is on there, like, do you know this person? I guess you can pretend you're a fake relative and try to, to con them and get them to send you money by Zelle, but it's... <laughs> um, <laughs> It has shaken up the the people who like to sit and build their family trees, and so everyone's going to have to do the two-factor authentication, either with an authenticator app or the old SMS code, just to keep their data safe. But I think between the, the top three genealogy sites, Ancestry, MyHeritage, 23andMe, that's like 100 million users of people who want to find out if they're related to Charlemagne. So. <laughs> a lot of spitting in a cup on there. Yeah, yeah, and I, I will admit I have done it myself, and, and some of it's fascinating. Like, I didn't know we had ancestors who did that. I think for some people, they always put a disclaimer, like, we're not responsible for the results, because sometimes people have found out things they had no idea was was going to be revealed in their heritage. Ouch. Yeah, so, uh, so, so that's what's going on there. So if you are into family history and belong to one of these sites, if you haven't already, you will probably get a notice that you have to uh, sign up for two-factor authentication. So, so that's that. And finally, because we've been, we've been yapping here uh, for well, a while. Well, let me ask you a question. How many authenticator apps do you have on your phone right now? I've got two. I've got four. Really? Yes. You are just authenticating all over the place. I've got four. Legitimately, I'm not even exaggerating. No embellishment, four authenticator apps. You, you started with one and then another one came along and you're like, I like that interface okay, better. You, I'm going to authenticate here. Let me see. Let me see. I've got... The Google Authenticator, I've got Okta, I've got Microsoft Authenticator, and I've got LastPass Authenticator. Wow. So you are authenticated. I'm authenticating the heck out of stuff. Do you find that you like one better than the other one? I just find them all annoying. But unfortunately, it is the wave of the future. Got to stay one step ahead of the scammers. Yeah, I know the biometrics have helped a little bit. Fingerprint, retina scan... All of that, but uh, yeah, the, the the authentication, having that number lock you in. Four authenticators. Wow. Well, I can't be the only one. No, I'm, I'm sure, and, and for some people, maybe, maybe that's just a drop in the bucket for for some people who are really into authentication. Oi, oi. Anyway, and finally, and finally, as we mentioned at the top of the show, the actors and writers' strikes have both ended. People have rushed back to work. I'm I'm sure if you were watching TV, you noticed all of a sudden there were. Hollywood people talking about their projects back on TV again <laughs> right after it ended. But for those of us who were paranoid about having a gap in the viewing options, Netflix has jumped in and they claim that they are prioritizing the scripts for two of their shows. And these are shows that really kind of get them subscribers every time they, they come around. Because, you know, the thing with subscription services is you either sign up for the free period after the whole show is fun so you can just like watch it and leave. Right. Or you just sign up and you quit after you've watched a show if they, they drop one episode a week. But they are uh, prioritizing the scripts for Wednesday, season two, which I love the first season. Haven't watched it, but it's on my list. Janet Ortega is amazing. Love that show. And then Stranger Things, which is the oh, yeah. final season, is coming up. And those kids are pushing 40 now, so they really need to get those scripts. They're not pushing 40. So, I mean, well, some of them are. And you know, like Millie Bobby Brown had time to write a book during the in between Come the two on. seasons. And and the guy who played Dustin was on Broadway. And It's not like the 70s. Look at the high schoolers in the 70s movies. Now, they were pushing 40. Yeah, yeah, they were signing up for their uh, AARP cards. But uh, but this was exciting, though, because I, I was thinking, because I think Wednesday debuted about a year ago. It was sort of, a, I remember it was kind of a the Halloween, late fall-ish time frame, which fit in with the, the Addams Family theme of the show. Uh, Stranger Things has, has been a while. I know we had the whole the Vecna demon thing, and it seems like it was forever ago. But I, And I watched it later, too, because I wanted to uh, 
make sure I was ready for all of the the demon stuff that was happening in that one. But but it is exciting that they're pushing these shows up. They they clearly know where the fan bread is buttered here because we you know because they're, they're not really trying to get like those minor shows or those weird sci-fi novels that nobody read that they've adapted. They want the the creme de la creme. They want the Wednesday and Stranger Things. So hopefully those hey, will. Witcher's not that bad. Do you like the new Witcher? Or were you a Henry Cavill fan? Uh, I like Witcher. I liked Witcher. I like the game. So mm-hmm. I mean, and he, you know, it's a big dumb fun. You yeah, know? yeah. And Sometimes he's got you, a little song, right, about a, a coin for the Witcher. Yeah, or something. exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah. sometimes you just, hey, I'm not going to judge, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just like stupid. Yeah, you, know you, what I mean? you need a little. You know, it's a big bag of, of lay sour cream and yes, onion potato chips. Exactly. To you're watching. Exactly. Yeah. I know Netflix had been sitting on it, uh, The Crown, the last season of The Crown about the British royal family, which, right. um, well, we're getting a little bit into the modern era because I remember when all of the stuff happened for real. And I don't yeah. know if I want to see the, the, the more yeah. depressing things and now the Queen's dead, but I'll probably watch it just to see how well they recreate these things I remembered happening the first time around. But but Wednesday got me excited. So there you go. So yay, Netflix. Yeah, Actors, Netflix, writers Stranger going back things. to work. They held out for a, a deal. I don't think the actors have actually voted on their contract yet. Solidarity. Yes. Go, go unions. But ho- hopefully unions. They, they will vote and accept the deal and we, we will have new shows and your your Strange New Worlds will, yeah, will come back. Yeah, bring more Strange New Worlds. Come on. Come yeah, on. So, so here's hoping. But uh, anyway, so, the, so that's basically the, the news and a little All pop right. culture here and some tech. Nice. Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, I'm going to find some videos of this AI pen, and, and if I find a good one, I will put it on our show page for people who want to visualize the whole laser projector in the palm of your hand and the, the other features of the thing. Nice. I've got some hand gestures I'd like to uh, use yes. with the lapel Yes, you'd like, you'd like a, a projector on here that yes. can, can go wider oh, yeah. than the palm Absolutely. of your hand. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I look forward to the Kaiser version of the pen. <laughs> I think before we get into any more trouble, we should thank our friends our listeners. Yes. Thank you, listeners. Sorry we thank were here for a little bit, but but uh, we're, we're trying to get back into the swing of things. Hopefully, it's been a busy fall season. Yeah, it's going to happen every once in a while, folks, you know, because this is a labor of love. Mm-hmm. We won't stay away for too long, not like the last time. Yeah. So yeah, we, we're kind of into the holiday season. I, yeah. I think all of the the big products have, have really dropped for the fall, but uh, we, we can discuss uh all, all of the things that do come around. and Oh, please. We've got stuff to discuss. And, uh, you know, I'll be talking about all... Yes, you have some audio interfaces to discuss. Audio and... interfaces. Apparently now i got to buy a receiver and, you know, there's headphones. We had a, a, a listener ask about, you know, how to set up a component system. So I think I would like to hear your your comments on that because I haven't done it in a while. But I'm thinking, you know, I kind of hey, miss the old... So do I. Streaming is very convenient, but sometimes you just want the, the hardware. I want a graphic equalizer. They don't make those anymore for a hi-fi system. You know, come on. Yeah, you miss those days with all of I those do. sliders. I really do. Come on. I, I really do. Anyway, uh, we're getting too nostalgic. We got to Yes, go. yes. It's like old stuff. All right. Um, well, thank you again, listeners. And uh, until next time when we're back with more, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Go watch your strange new world. Yes. Yes.